You're listening to the Town AM 1530 FM 102.3 WCTR and streaming online at WCTR.com. It's time for the Workforce Show. Here's your host, Cynthia Gern. Hi, folks. Thanks for joining us today on the Workforce Show, where we translate talk into action. And today, our program is focusing on young on young entrepreneurs. And we have with us in our station, uh, Doug Ray, who is... Um, has just started, or two years ago, started a bread company in Chestertown, Maryland. He's expanded, and they distribute the bread in Boston, Virginia. And he's going to uh, share with us the journey from school to uh, to college to where he is now and decisions and how he got there. And I think it'll be really inspiring and interesting for all of us. So the first part will be on early Doug. And the second part will bring us up to date and his evergreen company. So thanks, and uh, we're going to take a break now, listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. ADECO government has served the federal sector for over 50 years with human capital solutions. Today it supports over 80% of top federal agencies, making it a leader in federal contracting, providing temporary contract and direct placement of cleared and non-cleared personnel in IT, engineering, finance, administrative services, cybersecurity, and healthcare. For more information on how ADECO government can help you find your next position, or if you are a business interested in ADECO government's partnering program, visit adecogov.com. If you don't work, you can't eat. If you don't work, you can't eat. Hi, welcome everybody. Um, I have with me a guest who is in our Young Entrepreneur series. I had heard about him from so many people. Boy, he's a star of Chestertown and uh, <laughs> now of Boston, Virginia. Uh, Doug Ray, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, for those of you who have visited uh, Chestertown and have had the opportunity of visiting his uh, bakery, originally it was called Up Against, Against the Green Bread Company, and uh, we had a little run-in with a similar company name in Vermont, so we decided to avoid conflict and switch to Evergreen. So, folks, his bakery is Evergreen. Now, if somebody were to ask me or say this uh, to me, I would be insulted. But I am going to assume that Doug will not be insulted when I tell you he is 24. (laughs) (laughs) 24 years old. And he has started a business that's the talk of the Eastern Shore. Doug. Yes. Let's start off. Uh, First of all, I'll start off by saying I have eaten his bread, and it is fabulous. It's better than uh, cake and candy. I ate a whole whole loaf of multigrain last week. That's not not hard to do. I've been been guilty of doing that many, many times over the years. Yeah, but you don't gain weight anyway. All right, so (laughs) anyway, but let's start off with your start off. Uh, Okay. It's not like we have a long history to explore, but Mm. what... What was when you were younger? Yes. What were some of the the occupations or careers that you would dream of? Uh, Is this one of them? Mm, I, you know, I think I was. I think because of how I mean, being young, you do dream, but I I don't think I had a very good reference point on on what I I wanted to dream about. I was very athletic when I was younger. I did a lot of sports, primarily lacrosse and wrestling, with a big focus on wrestling. And, you know, I just kind of looked up to whoever my idols were in the sport and what they did. And, you know, I went to a wrestling camp one summer run by a guy who went to Penn State. Um, 
you know, was very successful there at the wrestling program and became a doctor. And, and I like the idea of the, the medical profession because you're helping people and that interaction seemed really neat to me. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really it. I, I couldn't really think of any other thing. Anything else that was really grounded, you know, my, my other dream before that was I just wanted to be a gold miner. So a gold miner? Gold miner, because it seemed very... Gold, as in gold. As in gold. Like, as it seemed, seemed like completely <laughs> legit to me. Like, why not just why mine not? for gold? Why not? I'll go out to for California a job. and right. mine for gold. I so see. <laughs> nothing wasn't really grounded well, in reality. Okay. I wanted to be a princess, so we, yeah, see, I mean, we go through that, right? <laughs> I think it was my first tangible dream. Okay, the first tangi- tangible was, dream. It was, you know, wrestling. And, yeah. So when did you start to realize that maybe gold mining wasn't, uh, in, and professional wrestling wasn't in your... Um, you know, I really enjoyed wrestling. It gave my life, I think, a lot of meaning and definition. Uh, I, did, I felt like I didn't really fit in very well anywhere else uh, with my like social groups during, you know, that time period. I was friendly with everybody, but I just, wrestling was my thing. I was like, I felt that was who I was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, sophomore year of high school, I uh, sustained a knee injury, which I discovered after you know certain medical visits that it was actually a hereditary thing and it was only going to get worse it couldn't heal couldn't get better um so I, I i hit this dilemma i was like wow if i continue to wrestle i'm i'm pretty much going to be crippled at some point in my early adulthood mm-hmm. and i i really that didn't seem like it was worth it to me at that point mm-hmm. to to stay on that path so i kind of did a, a really big step away from that i uh, left kent county high and went to a different school cause, and uh and kind of started a new journey. I had heard on the street, if you will, mm-hmm. that when you were in high school, you would bake bread and take it to school. I did. And what I, age was that? Well, I, I you know, I, the first time I did it, I think, was freshman year at Kent County High. I, I literally just started baking bread. And uh, it's kind of a novelty to me because I was just doing it on the weekends when I wasn't at a wrestling tournament. Keep in mind, wrestling's pretty intense, so I wasn't really ever eating a lot. I always had to watch my weight for wrestling so I could, could never really eat the bread so I normally like I would bake a lot of bread because I really enjoyed it but then I had to figure out what to do with it all well, how did you ever get introduced to bread making oh uh, my dad did it oh okay my dad baked bread my mom and dad both were pretty avid cooks and bakers um my mom was the original baker then my dad caught the bug from her he started doing all the baking my mom then got into cooking and then I kind of just took all that good food for granted because I could always eat whatever I wanted mm-hmm. up until when I started wrestling and couldn't eat it anymore. Mm-hmm. So then I realized how awesome everything was that my parents made and, re- and wanted to get into it myself. I wanted to partake. And it was only uh, being in that state of hunger, if you will, <laughs> uh, that I really no longer took it for granted mm. and, and really started to appreciate it and mm. figure out, like, why is this so good? Speaking of your parents, um, well, before speaking of your parents, sure. your, how many are there in your family? How many brothers and sisters do you have? Um, I a- a- I have one sister. Her name's Annie. Uh, Annie. Uh, and I have a stepsister, Liz. Liz okay. Yeah. Are they all as interested in baking and cooking as you are? Um, I would say Annie definitely has a knack for cooking as well. Um, I think I, I inherited the baking gene, if you will. And she's, uh-huh. I mean, she can bake too. She's more uh, 
multi-purpose. She can do all types of things, but I think my real strength is baking bread, and she can kind of prepare a whole meal, no problem. Oh, wow. And where are you in the hierarchy? Are you the oldest? I am the oldest. You're the oldest. Okay. I'm doing a survey, by the way, of where kids are or where people are in the hierarchy and, and what oh they yeah firstborn or you yeah know, exactly, middle child exactly or, yeah, i don't want to be firstborn i'm second born okay. um but anyway so you had the support of your parents as mm-hmm. you as kind of just as a hobby baking yes it was just a hobby but it was an intense one because it was kind of like my outlet because mm-hmm. i one i couldn't eat so it was my excuse to be around food mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't eat it, but at least I got to be around it and be involved with it. And then the other part that I really enjoyed about it was actually seeing the other person enjoy it, whoever I gave it to. Because, like, ah, even though I can't enjoy this loaf of bread, they can. And I can appreciate the fact about how much they're enjoying it. And, by the way, are these recipes that your your parents kind of put together, devised? Or are they some of the um, old recipes? No, you know, we – Because I'll tell you what, I haven't tasted bread – you know, I know you have a lot of different varieties, sure. but they're different tastes than I've had before. So yes. they, they're unique. They are, and I, you know, I, t- I took it all you know, a step further after I went to college and worked at a few professional bakeries before starting my own. But my parents, they, you know, they didn't have any like lineage of old family recipes that they wanted to, you know, carry on. It was more so we just got, you know, what we thought were good books and really just worked at it and practiced mm-hmm. and. You know, took it seriously, kind of like we were studying a class or something like that. But parents, you know, uh, when we when we talk about developing our careers or developing a business, we don't think of it always this way. But mm-hmm. you have to have uh, people who believe in you and support you. And, and mm-hmm. parents are very influential. Yes. And you know, when you're younger, how did your parents influence your choice of careers, or did they expect um, you to be something else? Uh, I know you. My were- parents, I don't think they really wanted to box me in and and say that like I could only do one type of thing or one like uh area of things they really just wanted to make sure i was being productive mm-hmm. i wasn't just wasting time i.e just laying around watching tv all day mm-hmm. uh so it's really really free form if i presented a uh, a valid interest to them they wanted to support it and help it grow in whatever way they could mm-hmm. so you know i got they got me all the bread baking books i asked for for christmas and then the next thing i wanted to do was build a brick oven in my backyard and that was by no means a small task took a whole summer but they they said sure sure because mm-hmm. they could tell that like that the way i was progressing that, that that it was clearly something i wanted to take farther and farther yeah. and they didn't want to hamper that they wanted to they just wanted to be able to stimulate whatever i you know wanted to do and that's what i think people who are listening really have to envision that you had a passion that you expressed and people believed in you and supported mm-hmm. you and I was very yes I was very fortunate to have parents who were extremely supportive mm-hmm. every even even to this day my mom helps me at the bakery and I know I would never have been able to get it off the ground if my parents had not been supportive of that mm-hmm. it just would have been too daunting of a task by yourself by myself yeah it's just and too, your family I can't, is yeah. over there and yeah they're in there every day you know by the way there are a lot of young people and but actually you have a very diverse uh group of people working for you you mm-hmm. have older people like sure. Matilda, who yeah is, uh, you know, our pastry food. chef's mom and then uh my mom my dad yeah um, it's like a family place it's, it's uh, a family affair yeah um, for better or worse for better or for worse does it ever get worse to have family very life? rarely much less than you think it would mm-hmm. and i'm sure it happens a lot more in other places but we've been really lucky it's you know we've all we're all willing to just go through it all together and figure out each other's stuff along the way 
the moral of the story, which is so important to stress again and again, having people who believe in you and support you. Sure. And, but along the way, you've had made mistakes, and we were talking a little bit about yeah. this earlier. Mm -hmm. what, what can you share some of the mistakes you've made or some of the shifts in mm. direction, et cetera? Mistakes. Let's or see. the lessons learned. Um, lessons learned at what stage? In, in the bakery? In the bakery. And or or yeah, leading up to the leading bakery? Leading up to the bakery. We're going to talk about the bakery. You know, you never, you then. never cannot, you, you can never learn too much, and I, I think it's it's tricky because once you you learn a lot of really cool things, you may begin to think that you've got it all down, and I think it's always staying open and fluid uh, to take in new ideas and new knowledge because things are always constantly changing. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as specifics are concerned, like. I mean, I could have easily worked for another six to eight years in the industry and gained a lot of information and been able to probably been that much more prepared at the beginning of the bakery opening when I did my own thing. But do you learn best by doing? I think so. Yeah. I just wanted to jump in, and I and I was I was impatient. I mean, right. I can admit that I just yeah. wanted to I wanted to do my own thing. But you, we had talked once because I am a regular at his bakery. He'll see me there tomorrow as well. Um, we had talked about college, and you went to a culinary school. Yes. And what was your experience there, and what was the takeaway there? The experience at culinary school? I mean, are you glad you went? Oh, ex absolutely. It was a defining moment for me. I think it really s sealed my track in. So we can talk about that more. Okay. Well, thank you. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to be coming back, and we're going to talk more with Doug Ray, who is the owner, proprietor of Evergreen. Uh, Cafe and bakery. Yeah, Evergreen Bread Company. We're a cafe too, but our main focus is bread. Right, and um, it's in Chestertown, Maryland, and he also distributes it uh, in Boston, uh, Virginia. Yeah. All right, stay tuned. Do you want to see our regional economy here in Kent, Queen Anne's, and Cecil counties consistently thriving? The Upper Shore Regional Council exists solely to support local planning and develop strategies which improve the quality of life on Maryland's Upper Eastern Shore. The Council is convinced that we can strategically collaborate to plan and develop our area to provide opportunities across a gamut of skill levels and industries to build strong advancement into our community's economic structure and DNA. Find us at UpperShoreRegionalCouncil.org. Welcome back. We're here with Doug Ray, who is the owner of Evergreen uh, Bread Company. And uh, they obviously make bread, but they also have a cafe, and they've been expanding. And we were talking earlier about Doug, how Doug got started in this and what it was, you know, his progression from being, I don't know what I want to be. I want to be a, coal mi a gold miner. <laughs> to or a doctor. Or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. Yeah. And, the uh, the impact his parents had in, in, in guiding him, letting him explore. But what also we learned is that there was passion. That he had he didn't know where he wanted to be, but he knew he had a passion right now for making bread. Right. So what we want to talk about now is, uh, you know, so you you kind of move forward. You decide you weren't going to be a doctor. You weren't going to go to Penn State and because of your knee in wrestling. Yeah. And that you were making bread. So how did going from making bread and taking over to um, 
Kent County High School where you were going at the time mm-hmm. and distributing and seeing the smiles of people's faces. Nobody fell down and got sick, so that was a positive sign. Yeah, it was a good sign. That people was a very good sign. people uh, were always excited when I when uh, you know whatever day I bring in bread was of that week. They'd all be very excited. Okay. And so, how did you move from there? Because and and then you went to Jackson uh, Johnson and Wales. Wales. Yeah. So why don't you take it from there? Okay. Well, I guess. Uh, a few different things about like the whole like you know the previous career idea was like being a doctor I also learned about myself through wrestling and and baking that I actually enjoyed really physical activities and I actually didn't do too well at a desk doing you know paperwork or whatever and I knew like six years minimum to eight years of medical school I, w- I didn't think I was going to survive that uh, so that was more of a how I matured and, and, and what my viewpoints on that were. Before you leave that, uh, and I'm sure. glad you raised that point, uh, you you knew you liked get, being physically enga- engaged in things, yeah. but how, school-wise, how did, were there subjects, how did you do, were there subjects that you do better in than others? You know, it was really interesting, when I was young, I really enjoyed math and science, and then by the time I got to high school, I, I kind of transitioned into uh, enjoying like English and philosophy more, because uh, I, I was more interested in, in figuring out how things worked or how things could work. And philosophy and English seem to touch on those subjects in abundance. Mm. So I, I got more philosophical, I guess, as I got older. Uh, so, you know, uh, as far as, you know, transitioning from those two things, from one thing to the other, I I left Kent County High and started going to Gunston Day School for the last two years of high school. And I was kind of thrown out of my element because I was not doing any sports besides sailing. And uh, I was kind of at an identity crisis. I was like, you know, who am I at this point? I've, I was res- I had wrestled for ten years, and that was you know where I'd gotten all my accomplishments and my achievements. So I was like, so if I don't have that, you know, what what am I? And um, and I just I kicked the bread thing up a notch again. And actually, with the fr- the free format of Gunston at the time, I was able to actually bring bread in on certain days and. And students began buying it from me. It became a, a kind of a small venture at school. I'd walk around with a basket of bread in between class, and teachers, students, faculty would come and approach me for, you know, whatever bread or pastries being sold that day. And I was like, that was where it probably really clicked with me. And I was like, okay, because first I just enjoyed giving it to people and seeing the enjoyment. A friend or a classmate told me it's like, you know, you could actually probably sell this stuff, right? Hmm. And I was like. Oh yeah, I guess you kind of could, and I could recoup my cost of ingredients, and that makes a lot of sense. And then, when I was actually doing really well with it, and people were like, you know, this is great. Of course, we'd pay that pay pay you for this. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this could actually maybe even be a uh, a source of income and a and a, li- and a, li- a living style. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, you know, the first bread baking book I actually ever learned from was called The Bread Baker's Apprentice, and it's written by Peter Reinhardt, who is a professor at Johnson & Wales University. So actually, after Penn State kind of fell out of the picture, I was like, well, what are my college options, and what do I want to go to college for? Since I had felt such a strong tug from bread, I was like, well, you know, this is a culinary school, and this guy teaches there, and he seems to really know bread, and it really, it really captured me, that book, because he wrote so... Not only... He was a decent baker, but what really did it was that he could really write about what it mean, what the meaning is behind baking bread for him, and I identified with that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, you know, that's good enough for me, and that's kind of I was like, well, 
know, that's it. I'll just take a jump. I didn't really know too much beyond that. Mm-hmm. Being like, uh, you know, it's kind of like shot in the dark. I was like, I had no idea. Yeah, I was like, you know, I don't know much about the school. Never heard of it outside mm-hmm. of this one book. But, you know, it seems to be leading. It seems to have enough resonance about of what of interest that I contain myself to one. Did wanna... you have a career counselor helping you at school? No. Helping you? You were, this no. is all on your own. Yeah, this is all me trying to figure it out. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just I figured it out that way. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I looked at some other colleges too. Of course, Washington College because my mom worked there, and uh, uh, Green Mountain College, which is another liberal arts school in Vermont. Um, so I was like, okay, maybe you know, I'll get a degree. And I didn't know what I get. What other? I didn't really have any other academic interests. I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. reading books on on Buddhism, but I don't think I could have gotten a degree <laughs> in that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was like, what do I do? Whether you could have made any money on it, that was something else. Right. Um, so Johnson and Wales was it mm-hmm. I, and I visited the school I liked it I ran into it I didn't uh, the the author of that book actually transferred to a different Johnson and Wales comp campus mm-hmm. one in North Carolina I was visiting the Providence campus but I ran into another bread baker who was teaching a class during my tour and we kind of connected and uh, he really just sealed the deal for me because mm-hmm. he just was extremely knowledgeable uh, and just as into bread as I wanted to be uh, in the future, so that kind of that that like gave me the reassurance I needed to be like, okay, this is where I want to go. So, is that a four-year college? It it, it can be either a two-year or four-year. They also offer masters and PhD programs oh, okay. in a variety of subjects beyond culinary. Okay. Uh, they do uh, business, equine management, sports management. Okay. So, uh, how long did you go? I went for four years. You went for four years, mm-hmm. and I think you had said that you wish that you had also started working. Kind of, did you say that or did I miss Well, you know, I think I maybe I think I was just really chomping at the bit to do my own thing. I mm-hmm. felt that I liked that idea of independence. So, um, I worked in between school years at during the summer mm-hmm. at different bakeries and um, really enjoyed that. But I could have gotten a long term career mm-hmm. or long term, you know, period working in other bakeries before I actually, you know, did my own thing. Mm-hmm. You know. There's no such thing as getting too much experience, I think. All right. Well, actually, I, that's a, you don't have to tell trade secrets. I don't want to know that. But, no, that's right. But uh, on all those experiences that you had while you were going to school and working in, et cetera, what were some of the different things you were learning as you were moving around? Um, beyond actually how to make the – in a lot of sense, in a lot of ways when you get to that size, it's not just about making a great product. Um, in fact, it's pretty – common phrase in the industry is, is making the good product is easy it's like how do you distribute it how do you produce it how do you make money on a large it? scale yeah how do you actually be, become profitable <laughs> and it's all about efficiencies like in, in production and managing staff and all those types of things and that's actually more and more the role that I'm taking right now is a, is more of a, a manager role mm-hmm. uh, and bake I've, I'm baking even the least amount of bread I have in the last 10 years right now Mm. Uh, Are you missing that? I am a little bit, but I also, you know, having baked for so long, I'm enjoying engaging in other aspects that share similar levels of excitement. Like uh-huh. we just got an espresso machine, and I'm I'm heading <laughs> yes. that program heading that program up right now, and it's been a lot of fun because it has a lot of similar uh, aspects to it as baking. You're producing a a really good, unusual, unusually good product for someone, and 
and giving it to them and, and seeing How's them enjoy it. How's that going, it. by the way? Really well. Is it? Yeah, you people know, seem I, to like it. You know, listeners have to realize that here's this young man who, you know, up until the point that the espresso machine came in, was casual and very active. And then one day you go into his his uh, bread company and he's wearing a bow tie. Right. Well, you know, I'm just trying to play whatever part I'm in. I just want to play it to the Behind best that I can. Big, beautiful, shiny. It's like a steam engine. Beautiful espresso yeah, it's machine. A, it's a great machine yeah. from Italy and, and it does a good job. And it's like it's a lot of fun, too. It is. It's fun because it, it's... Barista literally means, you know, uh, bartender. Mm-hmm. So you're a bit of a showman. The whole process is about customer interaction and also delivering an awesome product to oh, enjoy. Okay. So it's kind of like so full, you've added full package. That, yeah. But let's go back to the the uh, business side of baking. Yeah, sure. That the hiring people, Hi, dealing, uh, this, you know, helping her. What is the biggest challenge on that end of it? Because every person is different. Uh, they all, everyone functions differently and they all communicate differently. So being able to get the idea that you contain in yourself into the brain of someone else is is actually the most challenging thing because you might say something and think it's crystal clear about what its meaning and intention is but more often than not that person probably didn't really get the same level of understanding of that idea as you did and because unless you really lay it out so uh, that is a very important this is an extraordinarily important point that you're mm-hmm. making it and companies that are mature and people are who are been in the business a lot longer and those in corporate America are all dealing with these issues, which is uh, fundamental to organizational growth. So mm-hmm. as you face those challenges of communicating and aligning the talent with your goal, mm-hmm. how have you personally have had to adjust or what kinds of skills have you had to? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's been very challenging. The whole two years that we've been open, it's been a constant incline on a tread, treadmill in a way. It's like you're not, you're always learning something new and you're always being pushed. Uh-huh. Um, one of the greatest things I learned was just like you can't let things get to you on a personal level during your business day. Like if someone messes up, someone break, well, like drops a whole tray of of nice dishes and they all break. You getting angry is not going to help anyone in the situation. It's going to make you less of an uh, effectual person in in your establishment. You won't be able to. You'll be less effective, and, and they won't like you. And they'll they won't be, like you. They will. You they will put. They will respect you that much more if you keep a level head about it and just be like. Okay, you know, we think have about one it. minute left, and I sure. want to, in this minute, go back to something that you had said to us off air, which I happen to passionately agree with you on. One of the major defining moments for you was when you started taking yoga. Oh yeah, and as you're describing your relationship with your talent, mm-hmm. I see how you've used that. Why don't you explain to our listeners what yoga has done for you and how it helps you in your work? Uh, so during my identity crisis uh, in high school, with switching from wrestling to baking, I think um, yoga and meditation basically enabled me to to gather my strength on the inside, and what was re- resonating with me on an internal level as opposed to an external validation level, like with grades people approving of what I was doing and all that good Mm -hmm. stuff. So I think it just allows you for your inner voice to come out in a stronger way by by participating in those things. But it's not the only way. It's just what worked for me. Coming out in a stronger way, but like in yoga that I've taken, the the deep breathing and meditation helps you stay centered as well. Helps you stay centered, quiets the mind, and and kind of dispels anxiety out of you in regards Mm -hmm. to like external pressures are concerned. 
mm-hmm. of which there can be many. Of which there can be many, and sometimes I forget to practice my yoga deep breathing. Well, that's okay, though. It's just, you know. And the bad part comes out, but but you recognize you can do it. Doug, this has been fabulous. We're yeah, going to continue sure. this conversation, and we're going to continue a lot of events that are supporting young entrepreneurs going forward uh, in region, locally and regionally. I thank you so much. and I Thank love you for having me on. I love going over there. My pleasure. It's like you know, your office away from home. I have many Starbucks here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so we'll see you uh, at the bakery. See you around. Yeah. See you around. You don't work. You don't eat. You don't work.